You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 90. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We are your one-stop shop for pop culture, nostalgia, movies, music, theme parks, and since we live in Florida, the occasional story about a man who calls 911 to brag about his petty crimes. More on that later. Hey, hey you know uh, you know what I did? I, I done stole a 7-Eleven sign. You, you didn't catch me. <laughs> Uh, did you? I, I cut off all them tags on my my, my mattress as well. <gasps> oh, God. And then I had sex with my sister. Okay. You didn't catch me that doing that either. <laughs> all right, Sling Blade. My name is Jimmy, and oh, I am joined by Rob. And I really wish I'd remembered about Star 69. <laughs> and Greg. Hello, Jimmy. I have been going back in the past, as we kind of do occasionally, mm -hmm. because I have been reading a wonderful book, which I'm sure I will talk about at some point on the episodes, uh, called Wild and Crazy Guys, about the comedians like uh, from the er the late 70s yes. all the way through the 80s. So all of the ones from Saturday Night Live and The Second City that made movies and stuff like that. Mm, we so are two wild and crazy guys. Yeah, it's got everyone. Aykroyd, Murray, Steve Martin. Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Mm. Like everything, the book is fantastic. But when they talk about the making of the different movies, I've been going and uh, well, my dog <laughs> wants to also watch too. But I've been going and like I listen to them talking about making Stripes, and then I watch Stripes. Great movie. Yeah, and I was able to watch that, and I was able to watch Meatballs. And the reason why I'm telling you guys this is because Meatballs it didn't jump into my top five summer camping movies that we did a couple weeks ago. But that movie had a lot more heart than I remember it having. Did it? It it almost made mine. Like I remember. I remember the times that we recorded without a dog at the top of the stairs. That was also nice. But and I remember that movie from the like them laying underneath the cabin and like trying to see the girls mm -hmm. and stuff. And I was like, well, when I was a kid, I was like, it wasn't showing me what I wanted. But when I got older, I was like, wow, the, the Bill Murray and like the kid kind of the, the relationship they had where he was helping the kid out. Mm -hmm. Kind of a nice good feeling it was a it was a sweet movie i thought you were going with when i got older i drilled holes into the female locker rooms no because that would be a misdemeanor in florida actually it'd probably be a felony in florida probably only if they catch you this week we are going to chat about toy story 4 good omens the black pumas and the netflix original i am mother and after we get done with that, we will come up with this week's top five list relating to our topics. And this week, it is a fun one. It is a fun one. Uh, so stick around. We're going to we're going to talk about censorship a little bit in our top five list. And I think that it's something you guys might uh, have some opinions about, too, because I don't know if I've got all of them. And I don't know if we all have all of them, but it's going to be some good stuff. So as always, guys, this is a review show. There's probably going to be spoilers. As always, we'll try to avoid any major twists, but if we are talking about something that you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, use your own discretion, skip ahead, and come back later. So what do we got this week? Any weird shit happen in Florida? Well, well, before that, I do want to talk a little bit. I want to retouch on a snap decision we did last week where we were talking Ooh, about the box okay. office. Because towards the end of that, and I don't remember if it was recorded or if it was after we kind of cut, you had mentioned like, well, 
some of the big movies hadn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that being Toy Story, one of them. And of course, we've got Spider-Man and a couple others. So um, I, I went and checked the numbers. Uh, Toy Story 4 was tracking, and tracking is usually pretty accurate based on how many people like the trailer, what people are doing, what people are buying, what people are looking up, what, what pre-sales are coming. I don't know exactly how it works, but it's a bunch of stuff. I was tracking at about 140 to $150 million, and some services actually had it at $160 million. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movie ended up making $120 million, Oh, which, heavens no. Which, first of all, still fantastic. However, it is way less than a bunch of other sequels, um, notably Incredibles 2, which kind of makes sense, Incredibles 2 versus Toy Story 4, also the many years between, and the fact that Incredibles kind of brings in comic book fans as well as families. But mm-hmm. it also underperformed against like the, the movie The Minions, uh, the first uh, Pets movie, and of course okay. the second one we talked about bombing. So it didn't make nearly as much as they expected. Um, and now we went uh, from a 6.5%, we were at 6.5% off of last year's box office. Uh, but after this weekend, I'm not, it's going to go up because this weekend was down by Because 20. we're talking about it. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's that's going to be there's going to be more of a disparity from last year because this is this weekend was off by twenty seven point two percent from last year, which is a lot. Okay. Um, so just you know some of the other the other things I'm talking about some of these so that I can make Jimmy angry. Uh, Men in Black One fell sixty eight percent into fourth place. Now it's it made ten point eight million. Child's Play with Mark Hamill uh, opened <laughs> I believe it opened in second and made fourteen point one million. So that because it's trash because it was supposed to expect it to make in the twenties or maybe the high teens, so it didn't make as much. Nobody's going to go see it after that weekend. And yeah, so it's it's a very interesting era, and I'm hoping this pushes us more towards some creative stuff instead of just sequels and remakes. Look, I think Midsummer is going to be the smash hit of the summer, uh, based on expectations. I can't wait for it. So. Uh, be going and it's gonna seeing back, that soon it's and talking about it. It's back its budget, but it has a very limited amount of people that are going to go see it. I'm, I'm thinking that's going to be gonna, If it them. makes $60 million, it'll be a smash hit for what it was made for. But I'm, I, I honestly think it's going to be in the 40s, $40 million. But it looks We'll see cool. their movie marketing guy. I know, I know. Told you that was my, used to be my thing for a while. It was weird. I that know. Was, that was weird. You're still weird. You're goddamn right <laughs> I am. So that that's what I got. Then I got a couple other things in a second, but I just talked too much. So give me some other stuff. I've got something else. Okay, do it. Speaking of weird, the movie I spoke about last week, Glenn Danzig's Veronica Guys, has a release date. Nice. It appears that the legendary singer of the Misfits, Sam Hain and Danzig, will be releasing the film to VAD, VOD this Halloween season. So guys, maybe we can review it as part of our Halloween coverage. Uh, Danzig again showed the film, uh, just the other night as of this recording, probably about a week removed, but this time in Los Angeles to a very warm reception, uh, where Danzig in a Q and a afterwards said that a soundtrack for his next movie has been done for about two years. Hmm. His next film is going to be a spaghetti Western and I'm going to misquote this, but Danzig said something along the lines of, yeah, there's going to be vampires in it, but like not, you know, the ones that you don't see a while because everyone in the movie is a fucking vampire. So I I can't wait. Danzig says the soundtrack is very similar to a Ennio Morricone soundtrack. You may know that name from 
Exactly. Good, bad, and the ugly. Fistful of dollars. Ecstasy of the gold. Well, uh, yes, it's fantastic. I was listening to it tonight, and I will touch on him a little bit later. Jimmy walks around his house just wearing cowboy boots and a cowboy hat and nothing else listening to that song. That's right. Now, Danzig might actually be in this film. It is his, not his first rodeo. Huh? Come on. Right, Western Radio? Thank you. Uh, He was actually a vampire or a demon or something in The Prophecy 2 with Christopher Walken. Anyway, (sighs) It was something. It wasn't – he died very quickly. But um, I do have um, some sad news here. Um, Sad to report that Max Wright, everyone's favorite father of a furry, lovable alien from the 80s, Alf – uh, the father from the film has passed away. Oh. Didn't After we I... just talk the other week about how he he was not a good person, or he was in jail, he or was something? Not a good person. He, uh, I believe, had ended up in prison for uh, some sort of child porn situation. So we'll go ahead and cut that out. <laughs> well, you didn't know that, so let me see. Uh, he was arrested for drunken yes. driving when he. Um. So he was arrested for drunken driving. Okay. Apparently, I. All right. So that was it. That, no, there, okay. So there we go. Well, I've got not, this egg on my face. Was it just drunk driving? According to Wikipedia. So as far as we know, it's only drunk driving. I'm sorry. I did not mean to uh, besmirch the dead. Okay. Let's not kick dirt all over the dead yeah. man. Um, some other sad news. Uh, Beth Chapman, uh, wife of Dwayne Chapman, a.k.a. Dog the Bounty Hunter, uh, passed away today after a battle with throat cancer. Uh, it was very aggressive, and um, she lost her her battle with cancer today. So I, I don't know of any sort of or what is know, that noise? That was the French bulldog slipping on the wooden stairs. <laughs> There's nothing nothing good about so, my dogs today. Um, <laughs> man, um, they're guests yeah. on the show tonight. Go ahead, Rob. We're related related to the know. to the movie section that we had just talked about, <laughs> Greg. I've got something I want you to look into okay. a little bit, maybe because you might. You might know better where to look or whatever, but like electric dog collars. <laughs> well, no, no, um, full body gym suits. Looking, I was I was curious as to as to what was going on with releases this year, and I compared it to last year. And I looked at last year. If you look up, if you Google movies released in 2019, 13 of the first 15 movies listed are all either remakes or sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one less if you don't count Godzilla King of the Monsters as a remake. But like the first movies listed are Avengers Endgame, that's a sequel. Toy Story 4, that's a sequel. Dark Phoenix, that's a sequel. Godzilla, questionable as to whether or not it's a remake. But then you've got Lion King remake, Frozen 2 sequel. Captain Marvel is one of the original yeah. ones. Child's Play remake, Spider-Man sequel, Star Wars sequel, Aladdin remake, Hobbs and Shaw sequel, Late Night original. Zombie Land sequel, Joker original, and even some of the originals you mentioned are still existing in the world that mm-hmm. is a, a established world or characters that are established kind of in other ways. Right, right, and that's uh, that could be a problem if you're if you're not into those if you're not into the Marvel universe that cuts off an entire world of movies for for you. Right. And then if you extend it another three, then you've got Annabelle, which is a sequel, John Wick three, which is a sequel, and then Midsummer. Yeah. No, I'd I'd like to know um, how the originals performed as opposed to the sequels. The sequels are the yeah, remakes. That'll take a little bit of time, but I think it's going to be interesting to look. And I'm 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 always interested in that kind of stuff because it's the amount of money is crazy. Like I mean, like I just said, 120 million dollars, and it's like, oh well, that didn't make as much as we expected. Really? 
if if we made one million dollars, we like be we'd buy an island somewhere. Give me five podcasts, the island. And I got one last little bit of sad news, at least on the creative front. Vertigo Comics is going away. So DC announced this past week that they're shuttering Vertigo Comics imprint. Also, there is Zoom Comics imprint and Inc. Uh, so Vertigo Comics was the mature comics line, which covered mature themes, things like that. Zoom was their uh, their kid comics line, and Inc. was their like young adult comic line. So shuttering those, they're actually kind of focusing on D- like branding everything DC. So like DC Black Label, Black Label will be their mature comic lines. That was the one we talked about a couple months ago with the where you got to see Batman's penis in a comic. Uh huh. Who cares? Um, but Vertigo Comics is actually you if you're not a comic person out there, or if you don't know what Vertigo is, uh, Vertigo Comics was not based on superheroes or anything. What it was, it was a comic group. It was founded in 1993 as a way to make comic books about stuff that wasn't superheroes. So it was very adult themes. It was, um, you know, more mature themes. So some of the comic titles that that you might know of, uh, I, Zombie, Lucifer, Preacher, The Sandman, Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. Why the Last Man, which is, they're working on a movie or they're working on a TV show right now. Having problems, but it's going to be a TV show. Uh, DMZ, Hellblazer, which is con- where Constantine came from. And a bunch of these, of course, became TV shows. So these are all comic books. And if you look at TV right now, and movies, like just some of the ones I, I grabbed, uh, movies that came out were Constantine, the Keanu Reeves movie, History of Violence, mm-hmm. which with uh, Vigio Mortensen. Remember that movie? Uh, v Vigio? I like that. V- no, no, no. He called him Vigio. Vigio. Is it not That's that? a good one. Yeah, it's Vigo. Vigo. It's Vigo, okay. yeah. Well, whatever. I was I was being uh, Italian. Uh, <laughs> Vigio. V for Vendetta came from there. The Fountain. The Losers, the upcoming film, The Kitchen, which I really want to see. That's actually the movie I'm most excited about this summer now. The Melissa McCarthy movie looks really good. I don't think I've seen anything. Oh, really? It's like set yeah. in the 70s. It's Melissa McCarthy and like uh, a couple other women like that go against the mob. Hmm. It looks really good. It's about Hell's Kitchen. Figo Mortensen is Danish. Of course he is. That's why his cousin from Italy. Just Vigio. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's possibly going to be a Sandman movie, which came from there. The uh, TV show Constantine, I Zombie, the TV show Lucifer that is on its what fifth season or going to get its fifth season or sixth season. Uh, the Sandman, the Neil Gaiman one that didn't make any damn sense at all. It was enjoyable. I love Sandman. Isn't Sandman a Spider-Man trip, villain? Man. What? Isn't Sandman a Spider-Man villain? Yeah, this is the Sandman, like the go to sleep type Sandman. Oh, uh, it's the Sandman from Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Um, <clears throat> I'd love to see yeah. that uh, Preacher, of course, the TV show Preacher, which is going into its last season. So all those came from there. Uh, Swamp Thing had a streaming show. So there's a bunch. Uh, Karen Berger, who actually started it, but she she left it several years ago. She basically said, corporate thinking and creative risk-taking don't mix. DC nixing Vertigo was a long time coming, but hey, we changed the game. We had a blast doing it. Honored to have worked with so many incredibly ta- talented creators and editors. And thanks to all our fab readers. So rest in peace, Vertigo. You gave some great entertainment, and those books will be out there for years to come. So look them up and read them. Do you have any news, Rob? I do not. I, do you have some? I might have something. Uh, oh, God. It's time for Weird Shit in Florida. Ooh. Weird Shit in Florida. It's so, it's so weird. And it's shit in Florida. It's a very good one. So I love to read these headlines because often they're the funniest parts about these And then stories. it's sad when you realize it's like three miles from your house. But Yeah. Uh, we've got Florida man calls 911 to brag after fleeing traffic stop. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all bitches didn't get me. Qu- <laughs> uh, pretty much, he's quoted as calling into nine one one and saying, "Like, what do we pay you guys for?" 
End quote. He has a point. No cop. He he oh, says. God. Also, quote. No cop can catch me in my Hyundai Elantra. That thing is fast. He, he does have a point. I can't, can't lie. Yes. Well, that being said, I do know that there are some places where their police aren't allowed to pursue you. They're not allowed to chase you if you speed off. Right. It says nothing about that in this article. Mm-hmm. However, in St. John's County, Nicholas Jones, 19, who oh, was God. eventually arrested on in May for reckless driving, fleeing and eluding, misusing 911, and violation of probation after doing a burnout during a traffic stop. He wow. then called 911 and said, proceeded to brag about not being ca- caught. <laughs> uh, the uh, transcription of the the uh, 911 call is pretty funny. He calls in and says, I want to know. I like ran from a cop 30 minutes to an hour ago. I was the guy that over there off of King's Estates. Like, what do we pay you guys for? Like, I've driven past four cops. <laughs> he says, I mean, he turned his lights on me and got behind me. As he was walking up to my car, I did a donut around him and left. <laughs> oh, my Florida, God. Everyone. Florida. And, you know, some somewhere somebody's going, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, uh, also, can, can we talk about our, our, the emails a little? We Do can. We have uh, Jubal's emailed us and, and shamed us. Shamed you. Oh, I don't shame. remember if it was me or Rob or one of the other ones, but shamed one of us. Because uh, one of us last week while talking about movies said Captain America instead of Captain Marvel when talking about movies. So here we go. We are being shamed by Jubals. Shame, shame, shame. No. There we go. Sometimes we get it wrong and we appreciate it when you guys tell Greg that he's full of shit. Yes. And also, another, Just kidding. I love you. A new friend of the five wrote us, Alec. All right. He wrote him with his top five Adam Sandler movies. Oh, let's hear it. And here they are. And. We got Billy Madison at number five. I know Rob disagrees. I I hate that movie. We've got Punch Drunk Love at number four. One of the serious Adam mm. Sandler movies, which was actually very well acted, but I still had a very hard time pulling the Adam Sandler out of it. Wedding Singer, number three. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Big Daddy, number two. And he agreed with Rob on number one. Happy Gilmore. Booyah! you my man. Oh, like- there you go. I just finally saw the Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode with Adam Sandler in it the uh, other night at the auction. Yes. Oh. Uh, Andy Sandberg says something about, oh, you know, thanks for dressing up, Adam Sandler. He goes, I'm a serious man. I'm writing a screenplay about the Russian Revolution right now. Sandberg's character says something to the effect of, oh, yeah, and who does Kevin James play? (laughs) Oh, I died. Nice. Well, for Snap Decisions this week, we actually have something on the script here that says Jimmy's Game, which sounds like a movie I would not go see. Sounds very French. Very uh, French. Very, hey, very I French. have seen one or two good French movies. Ha 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 ha! Brotherhood of the Wolf comes to mind. Le Pacte des Loups. Mm-hmm. So that good. Actually, was a really good movie. Martyrs. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. The children of the uh, whatever the the corn. children of men yes. or men yes. or something. It Steve had um. Movie. It had a uh, Hellboy in it. Ron Perlman. Yes, and he doesn't speak I French. Think, but I also he don't think French that was French. Movie. I don't think it was French. Let's talk about the children, the whatever, the, the steampunk one. We talked about it not too long ago. Anyway, you, what is your game? Jimmy, game now. Yes, yeah. game now. Guys, I need you to do me a favor and follow the link in the chat that I posted. I need you to type oh. in your name, and I want you to put Lil in front of the name that it gives you. Go. 
Okay. <laughs> totally. <though. laughs> Definitely just While you guys are doing that, I wanted to give you a brief history lesson. Is on that L-I-L? The, L-I-L, yes. Uh, brief history lesson on the uh, Lil that goes in front of many of the rappers' names today. Now, the first credited rapper with Lil in front of his name was Lil Rodney C. of the late 70s rap group Funky 4 Plus 1. In the 90s and 2000s, early 2000s, there were a handful of Lil rappers, including Kim, Bow Wow, and Wayne. Guys, there are now more than 600 rappers with Lil at the beginning of their names. So, guys, what is your Lil name? Rob, go ahead. I am Dope Lil Digital. All right. Dope Lil Digital Mm -hmm. for Uh, Rob. Mine says, uh, what up, Lil Billionaire Flocka? (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Nice. I am neither. (laughs) (laughs) And mine is, uh, actually, I didn't get Lil on mine. I got, oh, well, I'll go ahead and put Lil in front of it, actually. I am Lil Flex Jimmy Black, (laughs) B-L-A-C-C. I just hit try again, and I Mm -hmm. got uh, Lil Queso Ringtone. (laughs) 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 I kind of like Dope Lil Digital because I can be DLD. True. You're just an I and I and an O away from what you really are. Nice. There you go. I I am Chief Lil Beast. There you go. Chief <laughs> Lil Beast. <laughs> Give me five podcast. Highbrow Entertainment. Uh, that was at rapchat.me slash rap name generator. All one word. The last part. So have fun, guys. <laughs> spooky, spooky Lil Da Sensei. So I have ten rap names. Oh, and oh what? I need you guys to do is tell me if they are real or fake. Oh, go. And guys listening, if you're playing along at home, fear not. I will reveal the answers at the end. <laughs> Check Casher Little the Baptist. <laughs> oh, dear. oh, that's I'm, great. I, I wish that I could call my wife in here because she would destroy this game. She would do well. All right. So, guys, you ready for our first contestant? I'm ready. Yes. Lil Windex. Greg. I'm going to go real. Rob? I, I got to say real also. Okay. Yeah, I apologize, guys. I can only describe what is happening above me in my apartment as the Royal Rumble. <laughs> so if you should hear anything, uh, that is what it is. So, all right, here we go. Next. Ready? Yep. Lil Baby. Greg? That's got to be real. Rob? Okay. Lil Fart? <laughs> Not real. Okay. Rob? <laughs> I'll say it's real. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rob is actually going to laugh so much that he's going to release a little fart. <laughs> he might have another one that I'm going to mention here in a little bit. Um, Lil Toenail. I think they're fighting upstairs. I gonna, really think they do. I'm going to say fake. Okay, Lil I'm going, Toenail. I'm going real fake. on that one. All right, real for Greg. All right, next is Lil Chromosome. Greg. God, the image that just went through my head was not a good one. <laughs> I'm going to have to say, if I have to say fake girls, I'm going to enjoy living in hell. Okay, Rob. Spell chromosome. Oh, that's strong. C-H-R, good one. C-H-R-O-M-O-Z-O-M-E. That's real. That's real. Okay. <laughs> that's real. Good call, Rob. <laughs> All right. You're switching that? <laughs> yep. Okay. Greg, Lil Zan. That's real. Okay, Rob. L- what is it? Lil Zan or Lil Zan? Yeah. X-A-N. Real. Okay. Lil Uzi Vert. Greg. Going real. Rob. Yeah, I gotta say real. Okay. Low bumper cars. <laughs> Greg. Not real. Not real. Okay. But would be fun to play. It sure would. How about Lil Poopy, which <laughs> is what you get after Lil Fart? 
Little poopy guys. Greg, real or not? I'm thinking not real. No, I'm sorry. I'm 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 gonna go real. Okay. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna say not real. All right. Last one. Last but not least is Lil B the Grinder. Greg. Real. Uh, real and Rob also it's, real. that one's Rob. Yes. It is Rob. <laughs> All right, guys, you ready for the this results? Is just an elaborate hoax to release Rob's new album. We're just going to drop Rob's album at the end of this. <laughs> you both were correct in saying that Lil Windex is a real rapper. Okay. On his name, Lil Windex says, My homies used to always catch me sipping Windex on the low. After a what? while, they just started calling me Windex as a nickname. I don't advise or ever doing it, though. I mean, look how I turned out, right? He looks like a human joke by the way. Wow. As for the Lil, that comes from my dick size. It's tiny. <laughs> like a little almond, it's quite sad. Anyways, uh, next question. I haven't ever really considered taking the Lil out. I mean, come on, bro. That's like asking for a lawsuit. I might as well stand outside of Windex headquarters and scream, sue me, while playing my hit track, Cleaning Up. Right, Kiki? YOLO. I'm very sure that he is going to see a lot of lawsuits. I hope he does. Lil Baby, you both guessed that's real, and that is correct. And I cannot believe that there is a rapper named Lil Baby. Lil Fart. Greg, you said that's not real. Rob, you said it was real. Lil Fart is not a real rapper. Sorry. Next, Lil Toenail. Greg says real. Rob says not real. Lil Toenail is a real rapper. I spend way too much time on on, uh, Bandcamp. SoundCloud. SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Yeah. yeah. Or Bandcamp. Yeah. Oh, wow. I guess so. Greg's going to crush me. Uh, next, you guys both said that Lil Chromosome with a Z is a real rapper. I made that oh. up. Oh, yeah. That Lil was Zan. Though, right there. That whole conversation right there. I did that on the fly. It's very good. Uh, Lil Zan is a real rapper. Unfortunately, it goes something like this. A friend told him, quote, man, you take a lot of Xanax. That's, and he's yeah, like, wow. that's and he's it. like young. Very young. In 2018, uh, his given name is Diego said that he would revert to his given name, Diego, in an effort to dissuade youth from glamorizing prescription drug abuse. He didn't say it quite as eloquently. Uh, but since then, he has said that he's not sure if he will change his name and he's an asshole. So if you ever want to laugh, take a look at him. Uh, Lil Uzi Vert, you guys both said that was real. He's actually pretty talented and he is a real rapper. Lil Bumper Cars, unfortunately, is not a real rapper. Lil Poopy. Didn't didn't we both say Bumper Cars was not real? Correct, we did. We both did. You both said Lil Bumper okay. Cars is not real, and I said unfortunately. It would be fun. Oh, oh, oh. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Lil Poopy. Rob said no. Greg said yes. Lil Poopy is a 16-year-old rapper who has been rapping since he was 9 years old when he released the single, I'm a Coke Boy. <laughs> He's not talking about Coca-Cola. He was nine. We're so Parenting. stupid. Lil B the Grinda is a real rapper. Guys, if you're scoring at home, let us know how you did. And let us know what your Lil Rap name is. Thanks for playing. Wow. You win your very own face tattoo because that's... I'll do it thing. for you. If you guys got 100% on that, you get your very own face tattoo via Jimmy. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into our uh, actual show here. What do you think? Our first topic of the evening is the Netflix original film, I Am Mother, starring Clara Rugard, Hilary Swank, Luke Hawker as Mother, and Rose Byrne as the voice of Mother. It is directed by Grant Spatore. 
Another Italian. <laughs> Another Italian. We're going to overpronounce everything this episode. Very clearly not Italian. The movie is about an android that raises a girl in a research facility unabated until another human from the allegedly uninhabitable, quote, outside shows up injured at the facility's door. Until this point, the daughter has been led to believe that humanity has been wiped out and that she is the first step in repopulation. The stranger that shows up claims to have been shot by an android, shows great fear of mother. Mother claims that the bullet came from a weapon not carried by android. And thus begins the mystery. Who's right? Who's wrong? Rob, what did you think? I thought that that she that we did have kind of a Terminator situation where they were hunting mm-hmm. down humans and yep. And then when the android, I, I was I was totally fooled. By the way, when the when the android claimed that she wasn't actually shot by guns that androids use, and she wasn't so forthcoming with any information, I was like, all right, so maybe she's not, you know. And then I, I was I was surprised at the end. I'll just say that. I I would definitely agree. Um, I thought Hillary Swank's character was very much a Sarah Connor. Um, kind of, kind of character, very well done. I thought very well acted. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the android that played mother was very good. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I thought the most terrifying part of this movie was when mother was running. That <laughs> freaked me out, dude. That oh, very see? just head down, like determined. Oh, that freaked me out. Yeah, see, when when I when I saw her running, I was like, I was like, oh, here comes mother, go get her, mother, go get her. <laughs> I was like, mother's coming to save you. Hold on, hold on. And then you were like, we'll reserve that uh, as to not spoil it entirely for everyone. But yeah, uh, I, I, when she was running, uh, it, it was like that Boston Dynamics robot that you see mm-hmm. that shows up every couple of months, every couple of years. It's like, oh, God, they're going to become sentient and kill us all. Um, I thought it was very uh, just twisting and turning, and it was more of a thriller than action movie, for sure. Uh, sci-fi setting. Very cool yeah. sci-fi well, setting. And it, was, and it was almost like one of the uh, box episodes that we had talked about. Bottle episodes, not box episodes. Bottle episodes that was we like talked about. Trying to figure out what you were talking about. Yes. Yeah, uh, because most of the most of the movie actually took place on like three sets, and that was it. Yeah, it, it this facility. I mean, I I kind of gleaned from it that this facility was designed to repopulate the Earth uh, when the planet was ready, and you've only got. The one little girl, but you see in the beginning when she's sitting in like the barracks playing with her toys mm-hmm. that there are hundreds of beds. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's very much a well, where is everyone else kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, which... and, and you see that the that the robot is picking and choosing and raising up the embryos because she's got like this whole stash of embryos that they just gestate in this weird placenta looking thing, which is actually a really cool design. Did you, did you, did you think of that when you saw that? I was like, Oh shit, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Let's, let's just start growing babies. It had a very, uh, yeah, it it was a very believable, uh, scenario. I, I thought it, it took what, like 24 to 28 hours to gestate. Something Uh, like that. and, And they showed it in all of its different forms. So they didn't just like, Oh, okay. It's done. You know, let's Ding. put it in the oven. Ding. You, you saw it develop over time. Um, I thought it was very well done, very well written, and very thoughtful and thought-provoking. Um, yeah. The end 
absolute twist. I was not ready for that. I I didn't uh, really feel like the ending made sense. Okay. Um I mean I might I might disagree a little bit. We we can talk about that uh maybe in another episode where more of our listeners have seen it because I certainly don't want to spoil it. Right. What would you say, Rob? I know it's not in the theater, but definitely check it out or or Oh absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it it is definitely worth the what? Is it like an hour and a half, two hours? It's like an hour and forty minutes or something. Yeah, it's yeah, not it's, it's it's definitely worth the hour and forty five minutes that it takes to watch the movie. The the acting is superb. The and I'm I'm assuming that the because you've got Luke Hawker listed as mother. I'm assuming that the robot isn't actually CG. That there's actually because there were parts where it looked like it was somebody in a suit, but then there were parts that looked like it was animated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, Weta Digital or Weta Workshop, mm-hmm. um, who has worked on such films as Avatar, Lord of the Rings, uh, they actually did build a robot. So, nice. they, but there are certainly parts. I it, it's not fully automated, of course, where it's running and stuff like that. Um, you know, they would have just you know figured out how to replace humans, but uh, it is a suit. Um, we, you know, with, with Lou Cocker in it. So it's, it's like an exoskeleton, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's, it's definitely very cool. Um, just the robot design was fantastic. If you're a fan of, uh, video games like Dead Space or films like Terminator, definitely check it out. Yeah. There's, there's, and like I said, it's, it's almost like a bottle episode. So it takes place largely in like three locations and there's really only three characters in the movie. Yep. So there's not a lot going on there, but there's there's definitely a lot going on. Very few things are what they seem in this. Definitely. Worth checking it out. And I think that'll do it for our review for I Am Mother. Greg, Brother Greg, hit us with some soul, my friend. I do. I wanted to change things up just a little bit because there's been a lot going on in summer. You know, we got movies coming out. We got a lot of streaming stuff, and there's going to be a lot more to come. So... I decided to delve into a little bit more music because just, I think it was two weeks ago, we finished recording right before bed. I checked the Reddit music page and someone had posted a video from a band called the Black Pumas. And I clicked on the link and it had just a picture of their album cover and it looked really cool. It was like a really 70s looking album cover. And I clicked on the music and I heard it and I'm like, Mm -hmm. how did I miss these guys? Because I listened to a lot of soul and and old R&B and stuff like that from the 70s and 80s. Yeah, they don't call you Greg the Soul Man. They Marcus don't call me that at all, actually. And they, they should. Now. They should, but they don't. But I was like, well, how did I miss these guys? Because I would have heard it on at least one compilation album or something. But anyway, so I looked it up. Black Pumas, actually, they are out of Austin. They are a current band, so Modern Soul. Uh, and their debut album got released June 21st. It's a 10-song album, and it goes way too fast when you listen to it. It's about 40 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And, Jimmy, I played it for you the other day. What did you feel? I've listened to it about 10 more times. Um, I thought it was good while we were listening to it in a very open environment with a lot of talking conversation happening. Um, in the past couple of days, listening to it on my headphones, listen tonight and in my car on the way to and from work today. I love this album. I'm going to put it up there as my number one for the year so far. It's up there. I, it's up there with me as well. That is, it is a great album to walk around on like a nice hot night yeah it's just a great album so it's it as i said it's modern soul just a little bit about it uh it's produced Mm -hmm. by a guy named adrian quesada and the song lyrics and vocals are by a guy named aaron burton who was actually a street busker until about two years ago is that aaron or eric Uh, eric burton okay 
Uh, Quesada is a Grammy-winning producer, and he was in a band called Grupo Fantasma, which is where he won the Grammys. And he also recently worked with Ghostface Killa. And that actually makes sense because a lot of the music hits and various things in there actually do sound a lot like background stuff for uh, Wu-Tang Clan. It does, but yes. the vocals are just pure soul. Pure, pure, sweet, mm. buttery soul. I love me some ghost face killer. Yeah. So it's got, it definitely has a 70s vibe to it, the crackle, the stuff like that. Um, so it does, it combines Motown, uh, soul, it's got some dark hip hop imagery in it, but the, it's very psychedelic if you really read the words and listen to the words. There's mm-hmm. a lot of great guitar solos. If you mm-hmm. love any of the things I'm talking about, please listen to these guys. Um, there's like little organ hits throughout and horns at different spots and everything is so well separated. Like as soon as I heard it, I'm like, these guys have a really good producer. And I don't really know much about that kind of stuff, just enough that like if everything isn't muddled together, mm-hmm. we're like, okay, someone knows what they're doing when they mix this and all that. And that's clearly then when I read who it was, Adrian Casada guy, I'm like, okay, he knows what he's doing. Um, as I said before, lots of cosmic imagery and just it's definitely something you that could become an album of the summer. Just the whole thing right through. Agreed. Let me uh quick take sure. on it. If you are a fan of Ennio Morricone, who I mentioned earlier, um, there's a lot of that influence on the guitar on this album. It's it's a lot of reverb, very Western guitar. Think um, intro to Bang Bang by Nancy Sinatra, as heard in Kill Bill. Um, you'll know that immediately when the first chord hits. Uh, love the soulful vocals. At times, uh, the vocalist sounds like CeeLo Green mm-hmm. and, and might even you know, it's, wow, is that CeeLo? Um, I absolutely love the recording quality. You touched on that. It's not overproduced. And I wrote it straight from the fucking heart. Quite possibly my new favorite group. So thank you for introducing me to them. I need a Black Pumas t-shirt. Yeah, their logo is so cool. Because I really think more people should listen to it. You cannot be in a bad mood when you listen to this album. Uh, they did announce a tour. It is not coming down to Orlando, although I have emailed them because that's what you do when you're like a random dude with a podcast yep. that has like 27 listeners, which is actually not true anymore. But, uh, you know, you email them and say, come to Orlando. But they are starting at the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. A friend of mine has actually played the Knitting Factory. Okay. And they're weaving their way down to Missouri. <laughs> weaving, knitting. Uh, are they going to crochet their way across the world? Yes, they are. I'm not going to fall into your trap and do any knitting puns right here. So, how? That's it. Wow. Good one. Guys, check them out. Listen to it. Let us know what you think, please. All right, guys. I want to tell you a, uh, I want to give you guys a, a list of podcasts that I can't live without real quick. And I think this is kind of overdue. Um, I think you guys should really check out We're Alive, the podcast Bear Brook, which, uh, I told you guys about that. You did like six months ago. And, uh, there's been some new developments in that case, like within the past week. Uh, the other one is lore and a new one to my list is SCP secure, contain, protect a bloody hyphen disgusting.com podcast. Oh, you got to check it out. And the one that I can always laugh about is King falls AM. You should definitely check that one out for some comic relief because all the above are super intense. And of course, our podcast guys what do all of these have in common no one ever wears pants when they record them that is not true their wieners are out yes two of the three hosts do meth amphetamines while recording no. that also not true oh. 
Okay. They're all on PodCoin. We've told you guys about PodCoin before. You can download the PodCoin app on iPhone, Android. I guess that's about it, but it's free. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say like, uh, more, but it's free. It's, it, it has for me replaced, uh, another, I'm not going to say the name, but it has replaced, uh, my, preferred platform for listening to podcasts. Now, the really cool thing about PodCoin for me as a limited days data uh person, I don't have unlimited. So uh, what I will do on my Wi-Fi is I will go onto PodCoin, I will download the episodes that I want to listen to, and then I can listen to them, you know, without Wi-Fi. So the really cool thing about PodCoin is that as you're listening to these, you are you're basically getting paid. So for whatever PodCoin you get, you can either put that towards uh, gift cards, Amazon gift cards, Uber. Oh, there's um, AMC gift cards for movies. I yeah, know. I saw that one tonight and I got really excited about it because I go to see AMC movies a lot. And, you know, I think all of us you get your AMC movies. gift card and not see X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just in a matter of weeks, I'm up to 300 plus PodCoin. I'm well upon my way to getting a uh, online gift card. Um, you know, if you uh, if you decide to check it out, which I don't I, I, I mean, why not at this point? Um, you can. Get the PodCoin app and use our invite code for how many PodCoin, Greg? Uh, 300. Yeah, 300. So, which... This uh, is PodCoin! Yeah. Use the invite code 5, that's spelled out F-I-V-E, to get started today. Um, definitely check it out. Try the app. Download it. I mean, it's not anything different than what you're already listening to us on. Another little cool thing, mm-hmm. they also you can give your pod coin to charities. In fact, right now, what I'm doing right now. Yeah, what are you doing? I've got I am I'm giving, let's see, some of my pod coin to feed rescued animals right now. Oh. I'm providing calories of pet food to to some some hungry there's also a adorable Labrador retriever puppy staring at me from this phone. Now I'm giving them oh. actual money. It doesn't cost you anything. And by you guys checking us out it helps us stay atop the uh bonus podcast list so if you listen to us that gives us a little bit more exposure so by listening to us you make money and you can give that money to charity so win-win they're not paying us like hundreds of thousands of dollars or anything like that so and if you take the pod and give it to charity who is rob's favorite stripper in daytona beach i thought that was cinnamon no not in daytona that's coco oh i'm sorry was that tampa Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. The book Good Omens has been made into a six-episode miniseries that is on Amazon Prime. Yes, and that is by an author previously mentioned on this podcast tonight, Neil Gaiman. Yeah. However, so let's talk about this a little bit. So I knew it was coming. I read the book many years ago. I enjoyed the book, and I enjoyed Neil Gaiman, as well as, oh, shoot, uh, I forget who the other author is, and I don't believe I didn't write it down here. Uh, Terry Pratchett. Uh, so a Christian group recently, uh, they're called, oh, God. I'm going to say it. I'm not going to give them any press, but a Christian group started a petition to get Netflix to cancel Good Omens for blasphemous content. And these are some of the complaints. Mm-hmm. Since Rob, you clearly have not heard of this. Uh, they <laughs> Dumbasses. Said the, the show uh, has said that it's a mockery of God's order and religion. An angel and demon are good friends. God is voiced by a woman. These are their complaints here. 
Uh, the Antichrist is portrayed as a normal kid that has special powers, so stop promoting evil. There's two problems here. One, they were trying to get Netflix to cancel Good Omens, and it is on Amazon Prime. Ooh, dumbasses. Also, it is a miniseries, so technically once it is released, it is already canceled because it is only six episodes long, and there's not any plans for any more. So I guess they succeeded in getting it canceled, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yay? Um, so there's a couple little responses here, first of all. Uh, we'll talk about it in a second, but a couple responses. When uh, So Dale Gaiman wrote... Uh, for an angel and demon are good friends, he responded, actually, they're in love. He, he graded their their petition, basically. When um, he wrote, God is voiced by a woman, he <laughs> responded with, uh, wish came true. Uh, for the pair tries to stop the coming of the Antichrist because they are comfortable and like the Earth so much. And he responded with, well, that's the plot. Um, <laughs> there are groups of satanic nuns that are chosen to raise the, an the Antichrist. And he responded with, they didn't. The four riders of the apocalypse, God's means of punishing sinful earth, are portrayed as a group of bikers. He wrote legends. In the end, <laughs> this is a denial of God and evil. Morality and natural law do not exist. Just, humanita just humanitarianism and ultimately useless cr uh, creed. And he wrote best show ever? Question mark. There you go. That was the, the lovely thing. Now, whenever something like this happens, and I immediately think back to Dogma when that came out and people were so mad at Kevin oh, yeah. Smith for it. Passion of the All, Christ. Passion of the Christ, things like that. All I could think about is the fact that for someone to be able to write something like that, they have to know a whole lot about the Bible, which means they mm -hmm. had to study the Bible probably more than anyone signing that petition, which there's like 20,000 people or something, which seems to be the cutoff for weird petitions based on what I saw for the Avengers one. Um, you have to know this stuff if you're going to be able to write it. So it means you most likely went to church or most likely read the Bible. Because like even, I mean, I'll, I'll take the band Slayer, for example. A little controversial on this podcast because Jimmy doesn't like them, but he likes metal. I kind of like them, but... Not at all. But they, of course, use satanic imagery and stuff like that. And the lead singer of the band is actually very, very religious and writes horrible things. But some of the stuff he writes is right out of the Bible. In fact, I think we did a game about some, was it Slayer lyrics or something out of we the Bible? We sure did. We, I, yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. Slayer lyrics or something out of the Bible. But you have to understand this stuff and you have to know this stuff. And why is it any different being in the Bible versus being in a song or something like that? It's not saying it's good things. But that being said, and I believe Rob is 100% correct in what he just said. But that being said, let's talk a little bit about it. Um, Good Omens is really actually very funny. It's a comedy. The book is a comedy, and the, the series actually holds pretty close to the book. Um, the people in it, uh, David Tennant, uh, Doctor Who, of course, Michael Sheen it plays Azaraphale. Francis McDormand is the voice of God. John Hamm plays Gabriel. Nick Offerman, I believe he plays President. Oh, uh, okay, got it. Um, and uh, Benedict Eggs for Brunch is in it. <laughs> uh, so that's he, he's a voice in it. And of course... Good old... Bandersnatch comfort in. Yes. <laughs> Very well done. Uh, written by Neil Gaiman and directed by Douglas McKinnon, who, of course, also directed a few Doctor Who episodes. So you can see there's, there's a lot of Britain and a lot of English humor and a lot of that kind of stuff all over this. Um, you have to, as a result, there's a lot of wordplay. And I will tell you the, clo the closest thing to this is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's really close to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in tone. It's a, out in, hmm. instead of outer space, it's heaven and hell in the Bible, that kind of thing. Uh, it's based, the actual full name of the book is Good Omens, the Nice and Accurate Prophecies of Agnes Nutter, comma, Witch. So if you, you can kind of tell the sense of humor right there. And so just in case you didn't catch it from all the other stuff, the, real quick, the, the storyline, whatever it's all about, is it's about the, the Antichrist. He's born. 
he is promptly lost and and, and <laughs> given to the wrong family. So he's raised in like Whoops. a uh, proper British home, and he's about to turn eleven. And there's some there's some prophecies that are basically saying, okay, when he turns eleven, the world is going to end. The apocalypse is going to begin. The angels are already. The demons are already. All this stuff is happening, and everybody's coming to the party. Yep. So they're already, and the uh, Azarafel and Crowley are not super thrilled with it because one, they kind of like it here on Earth. They they're friends, and they occasionally run into each other at major events, they, like concerts. Uh, yeah, more like you know the World War Two kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, they they show oh, very much less fun. Yeah, yeah, significantly less fun. So they run into each other and that kind of stuff, and they also are very fond of sushi. So they find that sushi, the only place you can get sushi is on Earth. So they want to stop the apocalypse from happening. So they can continue to have so sushi. They, exactly. So they so they went and got Idris Elba. They don't they don't get Idris Elba. Yeah, no. I'm canceling the apocalypse. <laughs> Wrong movie. Nice. What? And uh they and of course there's a bunch of good old Bible all stars that show up. Uh the Forsmen show up, which we mentioned earlier. And they do in fact ride motorcycles and they're kinda of badass. Um Beelzebub is there. Uh, John Hamm as Gabriel is great. He's perfect. Uh, also, John Hamm, if they ever decide to go a different route for Batman, that's the route I would take. But I would have picked him over uh, Robert. It's like Patty old Cake. Batman. Yeah, it's like Kingdom Come Batman, which I'm cool with. Make that happen. I I still would have picked John Ham John Hamm over uh, Robert Patty yeah. Cake. Agree. Agree. Uh, so. It's a fun series if you are into that kind of stuff, if you're into wordplay, if you're into British humor, if you're into the heaven and hell stuff and want a quick six-episode long thing to watch, about six hours of your life. I highly suggest it, and I watched I watched it over the weekend, basically, and very fun. That was Good Omens on Amazon Prime. I believe Greg and I both had the opportunity to see Toy Story 4 this past weekend. That is true. Even though it did underperform at the box office, apparently, it... It's, I would like to underperform at the box office to a tune of $120 million. Yeah, no joke, right? I I have to say, this. I really, really enjoyed this Toy Story. This this could compete for my favorite Toy Story. Which is, what is your actual, what is your, what was your favorite before you? The first one. The first okay. one. So this, for me, this one would compete with the original Toy Story for my favorite Toy Story. This one was very well written. I... I really liked where they took the story. I really liked how everything kind of progressed and laid itself out. And I really like how it ended. What'd you think, Greg? So real quick, uh, let me just go through the, the people that are in it and stuff. Um, okay. Choice the same four, people. Yeah, with the voices of Tom Hanks, Tim Allen. Uh, added Tony Hale, Keegan-Michael Key, Jordan Peele, Christina Hendricks, Keanu Reeves, Bonnie Hunt, and Kristen Schaal amongst everyone else. And the summary is, when a new toy called Forky joins Woody and the gang, a road trip along side old and new friends reveals how big the world can be for a toy i also enjoyed it and i was very strongly against them making it because i do think i did think that toy story 3 ended it perfectly and now apparently i did hear that when they wrote toy story 4 it was when they were writing toy story 4 it was also during the process of making toy story 3 i read that somewhere but i couldn't find it again okay although there is one little bit that leads me to believe that that it's true and the fact that I believe in Toy Story 3 Bo is not anywhere to be seen and Bo Peep mm-hmm. and if she and they kind of explain where she is in Toy so that's the only thing that leads me to believe that that was true that they were they already knew they were making Toy Story 4 uh Lil Bo Weep real or not <laughs> totally real Rob real actually was Lil Bo Weep was uh <laughs> the name of an artist who later changed her name but carry on 
Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> that was our rap consultant. <laughs> Jimmy. You know me. <laughs> little Jimmy. Um, little Jim Jim. Little Slim yes. Jim. Yes. Anyway, so I, I also enjoyed it. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do, do favorites or not with that. There's so many things I like about different one about the different mm-hmm. Toy Story movies, mm-hmm. um, one of which possibly led to my career. The first one wasn't as much of a fan of the second one, but the third one kind of came out uh, actually a longer time ago than I thought. But watching that with my kid is tears because of the whole college thing and all that stuff. And Toy mm-hmm. Story 4, it was, I thought it was really good. I thought it was beautiful. Um, I loved Forky. He was a great new character. And I loved how Trash. wide-eyed he was. Trash. And, yeah. Trash. I loved how wide-eyed he was. And for a little bit suicidal at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, just every, the way he just kind of saw the world and stuff like that. And um, his interplay with Woody was really cool. Really kind of good. And I love the the growth of Woody's character from at the beginning of the movie having to deal with, you know, not being the favorite toy anymore. Mm-hmm. Being almost a forgotten toy. Yeah. And they do that so well, where it's like, they put that stuff in there, you know it's mm-hmm. going to become a plot point, but it doesn't completely ruin the movie. Like, oh, oh, here it is, that's what they're going to do in the movie. Like, I think other animated movies for kids, they'll tend to do that. They'll have, like, something that happens at the beginning of the movie, and you know, oh, this is coming back. Mm-hmm. And you knew in some way it was going to happen where he wasn't the favorite toy, and he wasn't kind of in charge of everything. And he was kind of left in the closet, so to speak. But at the same time... It, that wasn't everything. Every single thing that happened in the movie, you weren't like, "Oh, here it comes." It didn't telegraph, I guess. Right? Did you did you have any complaints about the movie? I didn't really have too many. There's a few slower parts at some at certain points, kind of in the middle. Because I'm about to call you out. Did I? I don't remember. Did I say? Oh you? shit! This this movie did one of the things that you absolutely hate, and you call out any movie anytime they do it. Oh man. Or things that actually just like work or are y'all gonna rap battle what the hell happened to jimmy the yeah i know right <laughs> the the whole coincidence of uh, there was, there bo peep being at the oh, store yeah. oh, where yeah. they were yeah. where they stopped for the fair it's like oh look bo peeps here <laughs> yeah you know why it, I, I i did catch that the only re- mm-hmm. the only reason that it worked for me and this is stupid was the way they showed it with the lights the way the lights were reflecting on the ground mm-hmm. because like at the beginning, when they show her getting taken away, you can see the way the lamp that she comes from. She comes from a lamp, apparently, everyone. And mm-hmm. it made a, a very unique pattern on the ground. And then they, when they, Woody sees her again because of that pattern. And it was like, yeah, so it was definitely a coincidence. Not the necessarily fact, the a fact Star that Wars level coincidence. Oh, come on. That, that a toy found its way to a shop that was hundreds of miles away from where they originated from? Because remember, they're on a road trip. Yeah. And, and they've been driving for a couple of days at this point. Yeah. And they've been driving for a couple of days at this point. And Bo Peep just kind of happens to be there when they stop. Yeah, I wish I do wish that there was some kind of thing there. I often wonder, is that the exact Bo Peep or is it all of the Bo Peeps? There? And and I thought that as well, except that she remembered the little girl. Oh uh, yeah. So it has to be the same Bo Peep. Because not all buzzes have the same memory, and they showed us that in And in, some of them speak Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> So not all of them have the same memory, and they've showed that in previous Toy Story. So it had to be the same Bo Peep because she remembered the little girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But that, that is something that does drive me nuts. But other than and that, yet you, I, I and yet you it. overlooked it until I brought it to your I, I did overlook it. Not completely. It didn't annoy me until you brought it to my attention, you monster. You're welcome. <laughs> because, <laughs> because Ducky and Bunny 
Uh, oh, they were awesome. so great. And I wondered the whenever you bought the to- whenever you I didn't buy the toys, but whenever you looked at the toys at like Target or whatever. Um, speaking of, also news: Toys Toys R Us is coming back in like fourteen markets. By the way, seriously, was, yeah, coming back in fourteen markets and online. Um, but that being said, Target whenever you get the toys, Ducky and Bunny were always like the same toy that was attached to each other, but it was they usually molded it in the same plastic, so it wasn't like attached like by the hands and in the and i finally mm-hmm. realized when seeing the movie why it was that and they were they're actually like sewed together at the paw and right and i i loved the part the whole thing with buzz Lightyear using listening to his inner voice mm-hmm. and it being all of the little sound sound chip things when you press his chest and right it usually being right and then him getting kicked in the head by the two stuffed animals that mm-hmm. that whole sequence made me laugh i loved it <laughs> yeah i did well the the whole plush rush thing just yes. absolutely made me made me roll in my seat. I yeah, thought it was hilarious. Attacking the little old lady. It was oh uh, yeah. <laughs> it was And th- and then of course the end when he's like Do you actually have laser eyes? And they come back and you see them like miming what he was talking yeah. about doing and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they do that. Pew, pew, pew. They do that thing kinda like in uh like in the Ant Man movies where like they're telling a story and they kinda show it as if it's really happening. Like, no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Which, yeah. I, and and Buzz's reaction is like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> I just gave you three perfectly good ideas. <laughs> yeah, those they were great. Um, Forky was great. And I loved how creepy he is. And, like, parents, like, it's just funny the parents around us are like, oh, he's so creepy. And I'm like, well, that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. Like, he's supposed to be awkward and weird and something cute a kid made or something a kid made. And anyone that has kids or nieces or nephews or whatever will know that the kid will, kid will occasionally make artwork that looks terrifying, but they love it and you're like okay that's scary and you're gonna know that later in life but good work and and one of the things that i really loved about this movie was that even even the villain was a sympathetic character and they kind of totally turned the villain what i mean spoiler alert by the way yeah spoiler alert but they told spoiler in the house but they totally turned the (laughs) villain into a friend and they turn everything around and and Woody shows himself sacrifice. I re- I just really loved the growth of the characters in this in this movie. Yeah, and and Bo Peep was kind of a badass. What? Yeah, I like the the, the staff. Like that's I, I kind of need one of those. Mm-hmm. I've Keanu Reeves on everyone's mind, on everyone's Facebook feeds, hearts. on everyone's in everyone's yeah, heart. Everyone's heart. Uh, what'd you think? The internet's boyfriend. Yeah, what did you think of that character? Of uh, can we do it? Yes, we Canada. Yes. So, what'd you think of? Uh, <laughs> Of uh, what was his name? Uh, Duke Kaboom. Yes, Duke Kaboom. I I liked the character. It was a, it was a nice comic relief character, I think. And he had some great lines, and he had some great scenes. The the scene where he jumps off a Ferris wheel and and does a header into the wall. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> the sound of the light bulb popping. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ooh, everyone in the theater is like, ooh. Oh, and then it's like, oh, yeah, he's a toy. And I loved him pining away for his owner because we all had that toy that you see in the commercial. You're like, that's an awesome toy. And then you get it and it doesn't do what it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. I, just, like, I had this one thing. Junk. It was like it was came out around Tron time and it was like these little pods that you put an action figure in. And and the tra- it was a racetrack, but it was like all enclosed and everything had glowy lights on it and stuff. It was really cool. And when you turned it on, a fan was supposed to push the pod through like the around the loop to loop and stuff like that. And it didn't work at all. Mm-hmm. It just kind of sat there and, and it like vibrated from the fan. Air. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, man, and it looked like it was such a cool toy. And it's like you try to play it once. It didn't work. And then you were like, well, that was a waste of money. And it, that was totally that was like, no racetrack. 
Yeah, it was totally like, or yeah, the racetracks where the cars fly off and stuff. But that was totally what Duke Boom was, and his owner was like, "No." Um, so I think that kind of takes us out and takes us away from the movie. Let's, uh, should we do our review? Or our, uh... Uh, absolutely, okay. absolutely. So what's where would you see it? I I would definitely see this in the theater opening weekend. Yep, because I did. Same. Thing. I saw it in the theater opening weekend. I would even say you could do IMAX. I don't know that 3D is necessary. I mean, that's just an upcharge you don't need. But I, I would definitely even say IMAX. I thought it was a really cute movie. Very heartfelt. Great for kids. It wasn't quite as sad as Toy Story 3, I don't think. But it did have a a sad slash uplifting ending. And I I really, really like how they ended this movie. Yep. I uh, agree. I would see it opening night. Bring the family, bring the kids, get the popcorn, bring the Toy Story 4 gummy snacks, and mm-hmm. enjoy it. I think next weekend I'm going to see it with my boy Lil Windex in his mom's basement. I will now because it's recording. Guys, that brings us to our question of the week. What is our question? What are the your top five times that censorship backfired? And what we're talking about here is the Streisand effect. As what that means is in 2004, pictures of Barbara Streisand's Malibu mansion were released on the internet. Much to her chagrin, she tried to have them removed from the internet, and the internet laughed at her. And then blew up because her house was downloaded far more than what it had been previously. Yes. Oh, that actually reminds me of... Well, so, you go ahead and develop that first. thought. Oh, I'm going to go first. Oh, you, my you, goodness. I'm going first. Oh, oh Holy crap. Go. What? You go. What is happening? Her. It's anarchy. <laughs> it's because Jimmy is now a, a aspiring young rapper. I have been. Okay. So, a little anarchy. So I'm, this one I know very little about, but it made me laugh. So this is not just, this is censorship or self-censorship or company censoring or whatever, causing more people to see it and not, you know, making it worse than it actually is. So my number five, I don't know much about this, but it made me laugh. So... Haruka and Michiru on Sailor Moon. So, I brought, Rob, right. did you did you get into the Sailor Moon, Rob? Would you, well, I I'm familiar with the characters, but I don't know those names. Okay. Well, those characters were a lesbian couple in Japan. Right. But which characters were they? I'm assuming they were I'm, two of the sailors. Uh, one of them was, I guess. So, I think one was. But either way, I don't know much about. Them. So, they were a lesbian couple in Japan. When they brought the show overseas, it was like, oh no, they can't have a lesbian couple in a kids show. So they changed it, and they became uh, cousins instead so they're cousins in the american thing the problem is they didn't change the content of the show so they were not only so their um, actions weren't censored so they constantly flirted with each other so they were not just lesbians now they became the incestuous lesbians in america okay they they weren't they weren't original sailors they were uh sailor neptune and sailor uranus of course they were. <laughs> <laughs> that's little sailor uranus thank you very much little anus <laughs> I bet that's one. Okay, so that, that's my number five. Um, I'm going to go with Mortal Kombat coming out on the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo uh, censored Mortal Kombat, which was well-known for blood and gore and stuff like that. And as a result of it, a lot of people bought Genesis. Is it Genesis? 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 Uh, Genesis that. Systems. Carry on. Systems. Uh, you can get bought, past this. Yeah, I can. Uh, they bought that so they could play Mortal Kombat, causing N- Super Nintendo to actually fall out of first place for a while until Donkey Kong Country, because hmm. kids wanted to see some blood. And a new one that I just came up with right as Jimmy was asking the question, Metallica going after Napster, because I had never heard of Napster. This is my number three. 
I'd never even heard of Napster until Metallica went on MTV and said that there's a place where you can get free music. And I was like, wait, what? Thanks, Lars. Yeah. As they were pissed off. Sit down, Lars. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And where is this place at that I should not go to? Yeah. What is the exact website address? Well, the exact website address is Napster.com and they've got all of our songs. Excellent. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I will write them a strongly worded letter. Exactly. Let me go ahead and check this out for myself. Number two, the Comics Code Authority. Mm. There was a book called The Seduction of the Innocent by Frederick Wortham, and I say a psychiatrist in quotes because he actually made up everything that he did. And it was in the 50s that he wrote this thing, and the comic companies decided that they were going to – saying that basically comics were bad for kids. So they made a code in the 50s where the comic companies like, we're going to self-police – and make sure that you can't do certain things in comic books. And some of those things involve you can't have vampires, walking dead, werewolves, profanity, death, crime, cigarettes. Like, actually, I think cigarettes were allowed. All the of these. What kind of comic would that leave you? Divorce, illicit sex relations. Yeah, see, I have this big list here, which is, as Jimmy said, don't read this. He was like, Are you really going to read all this? It's like half of a page of just text on a Word document. Um, all these different things, and what ended up happening was, yes, some of the um, other comic companies toned it down, the DCs and Marvels and stuff, but what ended up happening was stuff like the comic... Todd McFarlane happened. Yeah, well, like stuff like the Spectre, which was a comic character on DC, from DC, in the 1970s, he, they basically said, okay, well, if you can't do any of these things to humans, we're just going to say that they're demons that look like humans, and you, they got stuff such as... Uh, a guy was turned into wood and hacked up with a saw or melted. So just think of uh, when all of the heroes attack Thanos on, on the planet and the one mm-hmm. gets turned into like springs and whatever, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So the stuff was actually way more horrible than weather ever. And it also caused them to not be able to do anti-drug messages because you can't sow drugs. So they couldn't, when the government came to them and said, hey, can you guys do an anti-drug, you know, dare war on drugs kind of message in Spider-Man? They said, no, well, actually, we can't because we're not allowed to show drugs. So there was a lot of uh, hilarious comic books as a result of that. Last but not least, my number one, and this is near and dear to my heart because I remember looking for albums this way, parental advisory stickers on albums. The PMRC said that, you know, the uh, two live crew and a little the desk I don't know. I'm looking for shit in my room. Little Homo Sapien. Yeah, Little Homo Sapien. Little scissors. Uh, they uh, couldn't swear on albums without having the sticker on it, which led to kids going out and buying specifically the albums with the stickers and leading bands to push the envelope by swearing more and more so that they could get the stickers. It even became a badge of honor, and they would make T-shirts that had the parental advisory sticker in large black and white right on the front. And album companies and musicians love them for it. That's my number one. Nice. Very nice, sir. Boom. Am I going next? You can. Okay. I'll go ahead and go next. I'm going to throw an honorable little mention out there. Yeah. Uh, that's a little poopy. <laughs> uh, so my honorable mention is going to be the television adaptation of the film Showgirls. Did you guys ever see this? I did not, but I read what you wrote earlier today. <laughs> Some poor son of a bitch. Um, had to draw clothing onto the nude characters in the movie, and there were a lot of them. It is hilarious if you go back and look at it, because there was no way they could make them look realistic. It's just bad. 
if, if you guys ever check out the gifs or any of the youtube videos of the drawn on bras or leotards it is hilarious so that's my honorable mention my number five is a game that is near and dear to my heart this is the game narc <laughs> this game came back uh came out early 90s i want to say um i think it was kind of in response to uh robocop because the the police characters that you played had these like they wore motorcycle helmets the whole time for some reason mm-hmm. but what you did was you shot needles at junkies um so it was it was pretty graphic for its time and all i could think about and you know all all my friends was how are we going to be able to play so narc that is the uh second video game that's made my list number four and this is a today i learned moment that is monty python's the life of brian you know piggybacking off of good omens uh the movie was re-released in 2004 where it saw a, a significant uh more increase in popularity. Uh, the film was banned in some territories for its blasphemous content. Now, today I learned that when EMI pulled the plug on funding for the film, Beatles good guy George Harrison mortgaged his house to finance the rest of the film because, quote, he wanted to see it. Nice. Number three, Mortal Kombat and the Blood Code. Uh, I can remember playing Mortal Kombat, and I think in response to some of the censorship they had, you could just Abacab punch in the, the blood code and uh, you can see it all. It's beautiful gore. Now I hate Mortal Kombat, but it was fun to see at the time. Number two, Tipper Gore's PMRC and the parental advisory sticker. That sticker is the reason why I grew up listening to such bands as NWA, Public Enemy, Cannibal Corpse, etc. Because my brother targeted those and so did I. <laughs> Number one. Prohibition in America, while it only lasted 13 years, uh, a lot of money was lost out in taxation because the production of alcohol went underground. That is where we get the term bootleggers, and that is actually where we get NASCAR from. So take I that. I had a relative that was a bootlegger. He was a rum runner, in fact, from Ohio all the way down the, to Florida. That's why I call my name Little Bootlegger. Little yeah. Bootlegger. Little Rum Runner. runner. That's I right. He's a rum runner right now. Jimmy, oh. go or Jimmy. We are, Jimmy already went. I definitely <laughs> I do just not did. need a rum runner. No, you don't. <laughs> All right, I'll go ahead and do mine. So I'm going to start at number five with actually the. Uh, I believe at one point it was called the Fappening. Oh yeah. Do you, Do you remember yeah. that? I do. I did not even hear about it until Jennifer Lawrence put out or like sued. Google and whatever tried to get all of this, all of this uh, data information blocked and removed from the internet. I'm like, wait, what? This is out there? Ironically, I didn't Hold hear on about a it until you told me. Because <laughs> it happened while you were staying there you at my go. house. Really, sorry, yes, I really so was like, oh, I really need to steam clean. You need guy. to, don't ever turn on a black light in that room. <laughs> I really need yeah. to steam clean the, fo- no. the futon that he slept on. My mother has slept on that futon. Yeah, exactly. Then. Oh, God. So, so that's going to be my number five. At number four, I'm actually going to put a movie there that I don't know that it actually got censored or banned, but the the press, the attention that was brought to it, and the way that the attention was brought to it made everybody, including myself, want to see it. And that would be the movie The Interview. Do you remember yeah. that? I do. The, yes, the, the movie that that <laughs> oh. um, had supposedly Kim Jong Un yes, in yes, it. Yes. And South yeah. or North Korea said that if you release that movie, we're going to bomb you, basically. 
Mm-hmm. And so the studios were like, well, we don't want to get our uh, movie patrons hurt. So here it is for free on the internet. And I think like it was downloaded millions of times. Yep. <laughs> so, so that, that, that kind of backfired. I, I'll count yeah, that. Did. And they ended up making money it, on it because they, I believe it was available for like a dollar 99 or something in on their actual website. Mm-hmm. It was, it, it made back its money. Awesome. At number three, I'm going to put the, the, the taxi driver rally, I guess. I don't, I don't, I'm not even sure what to call it, but okay. in, in 2014, taxi drivers rallied on the streets of London to basically oppose Uber. And the problem is, is that it brought so much attention to Uber that the, the coverage that they got for their basically rally against Uber caused Uber to receive an 859% increase in downloads compared to the previous week. And they also received the most signups for Uber since its release in 2012. Jeez. Mm-hmm. So so I think that was like a major backfire. Yeah, you're not wrong. At, at number two, I'm going to put the whole AACS encryption key fiasco because that actually changed the way that DVDs were put out. Now, for those who are unfamiliar with that, some enterprising individuals actually were able to separate the AACS encryption key from a DVD. And it used to be that DVDs and DVD players had this encryption key so that you couldn't basically, so basically you couldn't rip DVDs. There was, there was software that prevented you from ripping the DVD off the DVD and software that prevented you from when you inserted a DVD of it recognizing a movie that didn't have this encryption key on it and it wouldn't Mm -hmm. play it. Some enterprising individual found that, that key and and basically took it off and posted it on the internet for for people to be able to begin to rip DVDs. Now the problem is is that when they found out about it, they couldn't go and change the key because there's there's millions upon millions of DVD players out there that use that same key because it's a standard key. So they couldn't go and just change the key. So they they filed a lawsuit to get it removed, which, of course, only led it to be downloading millions upon millions of times. People tattooed it on their body. You know, people made flags out of it. It was everywhere. You couldn't get away from it. So it actually ended up leading to us doing away with that key. So now ripping DVD, you can now rip DVDs because it's no longer. And at number one, the biggest backfire of all time, I think I have to go with the parental uh, stickers. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because that that did nothing other than boost their yeah. sales. Nice. Well, it was actually a pretty diverse group of lists. It was kind of a fun one, too. It was, a, it was a, a little more difficult, but it was fun. It really was. I am angry about something. Ooh. What Jimmy. the hell are you angry about now, for Jimmy? you to be angry about, other than your neighbors upstairs that are having a cage match? I think they're all moved out. But I tell you what, those inconsiderate bastards are probably the same kind of people I'm talking about on my Ooh. rant. Those are the people who don't pick up after their pets. Someone stepped mm. in poop recently. Did not guessing. step in poop. Okay. But almost I've stepped in poop. Very close to it so many times and I've noticed it so much more in my new neighborhood even though there are doggy pot stations uh, every 200 feet. Right. Sometimes it's as egregious as the poop being right next to it. Yep. You're that lazy. You can't reach up. Now, if you're handicapped, I understand that. Okay. Right. No, no, no. There's no, there's no caveats here. Okay. Well, pick then, up the poop. 
just pick up the damn poop. Now, I have a theory here. It's not a conspiracy because you guys know how I feel about that, but I think I'm right here. These are the same people who leave shopping carts in handicapped parking spots. These are the same people that don't hold doors for the elderly. And I'm willing to bet that these are the same people. They didn't people. do anything for their mothers this past nope. Mother's Day. I'm willing to bet that these are Asshole. the same people who don't wash their hands after the, the using the restroom and just go around spreading their pee-pee germs all over the place. True. Now, Bad today, boy. when I got out of the grocery store, somebody had parked their empty shopping cart right behind my car. Guess how far away the cart stall was. Two spaces over. He pooped right behind his car. (laughs) (laughs) Someone left their spaniel poop on the hood of my car. There was a Florida man who was taking craps behind cars. You can look that up. But my point is, are you scared of poop? Or are you just being a dick on purpose? Are you that inconsiderate? I'm a germaphobe and I do it. Right. I I think they're just being lazy. It's it's super lazy. It... You know, my dog would go off and and start sniffing, and I'm like, oh, okay, he's got to pee. Nope, giant turd, pull back. Or sometimes I find myself down on all fours sniffing a turd. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> but I'm saying well, this has changed from a rant to a, a confessional. <laughs> and now you have to elaborate. <laughs> Little poop sniffer. Little poopy. Um, that's where he got his name, actually. Um, oh God. Guys, if you're one of those awful people who just lets your dog crap and you don't pick up, just please start. You know, do us all a favor so we don't step in your dog's turds. It's not your dog's fault. It's your fault. Exactly. Okay. If you are as wildly confused as this at this episode as I am, feel free to find us on Facebook by searching uh, the Gibby Five Podcast. Or you can look at <laughs> Give Me Five Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You will see a lovely picture on our Instagram of the artwork Jimmy did, but also of our hopefully soon to be sponsor, the uh, who is it? it is uh, the Tin Shed and their possum fur nipple warmers. Oh, oh yes. yeah! So you can get possum fur nipple warmers. They're not paying us for this ad. It's just a product that we hold dearly to our hearts and nipples. And uh, they're fourteen dollars, and the people at the tin shed—they are willing to split that up uh, to three dollars fifty cents fortnightly. I'm not sure what that means because that's New Zealand terms. Maybe at three dollars fifty cents a month. So if you want to finance your nipple warmers, there you go. Yeah, so good. You can check that out on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can email us to complain about all of the things we just said. Give me five podcast at gmail dot com. Please, please yell please, at please, Greg please. for being a heathen. Please, yes, please, 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 please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you are using. That helps quite a bit. And check out our store, gimme5podcast.threadless.com, which currently does not have any uh, possum for nipple warmers, but I'm working on it. And thank you very much for listening. A fortnight is two weeks. Every two weeks? I have $3.50 every two weeks to get some nice <laughs> nipple warmers. Come on. Rob, you in? I'm in. Let's do it. On it. Sweet. Do they come with possum banana hammocks? I don't believe so. Look. Oh. There's only so much you can do with a possum. We'll work on that. Guys, for Rob, Greg, and myself, Lil Ski Mask Jimmy Brooklyn, good morning, (laughs) good afternoon, and good night. Okay, Rob, all you. Well, I hope you're going to participate. I'm going to participate. I don't like it when you lay there like a dead fish. Um... (laughs)
<laughs> so I believe Greg and I hashtag me too. 